Welcome to Show Your Scars with me, Jordan Angeli, a look inside the journey back from a devastating injury. Although we may not choose for this to happen to us, we appreciate who we become in the process. Now, let's dive into this week's episode as we share our strength and show our scars with pride. Hey, Show Your Scars, I'm back. I took a little week hiatus as I was traveling and had a very full schedule and I don't like to use the word busy. Uh, I think that people use that as an excuse. Uh, Busy, I'm busy. We're all busy, right? We're all doing a lot of things. You, if you're listening to this, you're busy trying to get back to your sport. So I totally understand and appreciate when people are busy. I choose to use the word full. So my life is full and sometimes I get a little stretched instead of stressed. I get stretched and last week I felt a little stretched. My plate was a little full and I wasn't able to get a podcast out. So I hope that you can forgive me and also understand, and I've talked about this before, is that you're going to fall in life, right? There's things that are going to trip you up and you're going to get off routine or you're going to be eating really well and you're going to slip and make a mistake and have that piece of chocolate cake or whatever it may be that might be your vice. And the real failure is not actually the slip. It's actually choosing not to get back to where you were before, choosing not to restart again. So I'm choosing to restart. I'm not letting one week get um, me down. I'm saying, you know, it is what it is. And now we're going to continue. So thank you for um, listening to that rant, I guess, first of all. And secondly, for just supporting me in this process of being a podcaster and talking to you guys about all things injury recovery and showing your scars with pride. I really appreciate this community so very much. Today I have Ian Warner for you and Ian is a really awesome unique athlete. He is an Olympian. He got to participate in Team Canada for the 2012 Olympics in London We talk everything from how he started track as a way to supplement his football game, the obstacles he had in high school from hurting his leg and having a really difficult injury on his leg to also um, how that helped him when he tore his ACL, how his parents were a big influence in his life. We talk about brain development, which is really interesting because he mentioned something that I didn't know but makes a lot of sense now um, and with when I'm talking to younger athletes. So that's something that you want to you want to tune into. We just talk about how some of the failures, what others would perceive as failures, turned out to be some of the best and biggest growing moments in his life and career, and how he took um, his passion to help others and turned it into collabs, how he just started. And that's sometimes all we have to do is just start that journey. Ian has an awesome perspective. He has a really good, unique way of saying things. And I hope you guys not only enjoy the conversation I have with Ian, but check out collabs on Instagram. I'll link everything in the show notes so you can take a look at that. But let's just talk to him. Here he is, Ian Warner. I have Ian Warner with me today, the creator, I guess you would say, of CoLabs, and just want to say welcome, Ian. I'm excited to talk to you. It's great to great to be on the podcast. I love what you're doing. It's excited to uh, finally get this going. Thanks. Um, well, one of the things, you know, I got to do my research a little bit before I start talking um, to all these cool people that I have, and I read an article that you had on Medium, and among, like, the millions of things that you do because you're you're very active in um, what you're doing with collabs but you have a wonderful family and um, but you also write on medium and you read a hundred books last year yeah so it, it, <laughs> it wasn't a, it wasn't a goal at first coming into the year I I've always probably been around the like 30 books a year I shouldn't say always but yeah in the last you know five years I would say I've been around the 30 books a year and I read this quote that was like, you know, CEOs, or, or I shouldn't say a quote, maybe it's more like a stat, CEOs read, you know, 50 or 60 books a year type of thing. So that's what I was actually gunning for. But what ended up happening is when I started reading more, it made me realize how much I don't know. And then it just 
increased the appetite. So I just started putting a lot into reading. Like I, I spent a lot of time every day, like reading. There were some days on weekends I would read for eight hours in one day. Like, wow. and I just loved it. And I, I just got to the point where um, I realized how many books I'd actually read, read. And I was like, wow, I can actually hit a hundred by the end of the year. And I just went for it. And yeah, and I, I got Jeez. it. That is incredible. And since the community that we kind of speak to here on Show Your Scars is all about, um, you know, encouragement, motivation, inspiration, if could you think back right now and pick a book that you read that you'd be like, oh, I'd really recommend people from the Show Your Scars podcast community to read this book if they read one book that I read last year? Yeah, you know, I'm actually going to I'm going to recommend two books. Okay. Uh, the first one is Total Recall by Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um, it's his autobiography. But the one thing I think a lot of people don't actually give this guy true credit for is like he was a world-class bodybuilder. Yeah. Then he made millions in real estate. Then he became an actor. And then after that, he became the governor. And there's not yeah. a lot of people who've done those four things like in those different capacities like that. Right. Um, and the book really is just like if you want to get something in life, like Arnold and his advice is is really good for doing that. Did you read it in your brain the whole time in his accent? <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it's funny because like there's certain lines that like when he says certain things, you definitely do that. But there's actually a part of it where like he talks about some of the like some of his most famous lines and how how they came to be and stuff. And uh-huh. it's, it's it's really it's really cool. Yeah. Um, but then the second book I'd recommend is Relentless by uh, Tim Gro- Grover. Uh, it's all about, um, so he breaks it down to three categories. And the last category, what you want to be, it's where like Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant were, that, and he trained them. And it's called being a, a cleaner. Okay. And he talks about the difference between, and just like that mindset of being like an actual world-class like you just get in and you're ready to destroy and wreck everyone. And it, it's kind of controversial. Some of the things he talks about, you may not agree with the whole thing, but just from a mindset standpoint, you know, he was around some of the greatest athletes um, that like of our time that we know. And uh, I just think it's a, a fantastic book. I wish I had read that when I was in high school. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. I think that's a good way to start up and I'll put those in the show notes so people can, can link to those, but um, let's let's dive into more of who you are and where you came from and how you grew up. So um, you're born in Canada yes. and grew up playing a lot of sports. What kind of was your when, when did you initially play sports and when did you find it to be something that you strived to do in the long run? Yeah, uh, I started playing like just basic like t-ball and soccer when I was like five. Hey, soccer's not basic. I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, well, when, well, when, I, when, I, kidding. I, when I say basic, I mean more like that's kind of like what, if, if I was saying there's a first sport a lot of parents put their kids in, it's usually like the t-ball yeah, and soccer. Yeah, for sure. No, I was just giving you a hard time. Yeah. But, um, so I started there, but the reason I actually left soccer is because I was so competitive and like the kids I was playing with just weren't. Like, they were playing with the grass and that type of stuff. And I was like, this is ridiculous. So I started playing football. I made the switch. It was a little bit more aggressive. Um, and I that was when I really started to enjoy sports. And it was something that I really wanted to do. And I played football all the way until my last year of high school. Uh, but track started only as a result of wanting to get better at football and wanting to get faster for football. But then as the years went on, I realized, like, oh, wow, I actually have some talent. Uh, in this you know in this track and field thing I can run uh, pretty fast and then by the time I got to high school I'd made uh, the world youth team I I represented Canada there and I came seventh so I was the seventh fastest guy in the world that year uh, which was pretty cool wow uh, for for the youth age group and uh, yeah so that once I kind of had that little bit of success my brother my older brother he got a scholarship for track to TCU so that kind of laid the pathway for me I knew exactly what I needed to do and uh, from that point all through high school I was kind of locked in on getting that track scholarship because I just knew Football would be a little bit tougher coming from uh, Canada, especially to get a scholarship, whereas track is a numbers game, so it's a little bit more concrete. Yeah. And yeah, it's locked in on that. Plus, if you just are randomly like seventh in the world as a youth runner, you think maybe I have a good shot of continuing to do this. That's incredible. Yeah, no, for sure. Seventh yeah. in the world, wow. Um, so, you know, it's not without 
trials and, and hardships. And you said that track was really a result of wanting to play football. And towards the end of your high school career, it was really when you faced maybe one of the biggest and I would assume toughest obstacles with an injury. Yeah. So, oh man, there, the, the, the obstacles, there were so many, like, uh, the one that really kind of set me straight and made me really focus in on being a better athlete happened just right as I was going into high school, I, I had a spiral fracture in my tibia. So I was running football and a guy ended up grabbing my leg. And at the same time, another guy grabbed my upper body and was holding me up. Mm-hmm. The guy with my leg, he, he rolled with it and twisted it. So just t- broke my leg, twisting it like how you would twist a branch and snap it. Wow. And it went through my growth plate. So I had to have two surgeries on that. I, I missed a lot of time. And that was the first time I went through a, a rehab. And I realized that rehab is harder than training. Right. And, you know, I, I went through this, that frustration and stuff like that. And I, it just kind of made me determined to learn more about my body and make sure that uh, I never had an injury like that again. Uh, I yeah. did have other injuries. Uh, um, you know, I had uh, a vulgian fracture of my, of my hip. It's where you know, the muscle uh, from the hip pulls uh, a little bit of the hip bone off, which was, that was painful. I had my leg locked in a flex position for about two weeks. Mm. Um, I had, uh, you know, hamstring tears, groin tears, uh, just, oh man, I had, I had the full Monty just before I even got to college. Yeah. Um, I, I'd been through, I'd definitely been through a lot. And do you remember, I mean, I talked to a lot of athletes who, are young athletes going through difficult injuries? And I think one of the hard things for me is I didn't have um, a big injury until I was in college. And so um, not that you know a lot more than you do when you're in high school or before high school about yourself or how to get through tough situations, but you're a little bit more seasoned. And, um, you know, it's hard for me to relate I feel like sometimes with kids in high school because I I didn't experience that do you remember some of the things that you struggled with during that time where you were I mean you were even before high school but um the thoughts that went through your mind that you look back at and you're like you know I can't believe I thought that you know I was very fortunate that my parents were really supportive and they really did go through a lot and that's that's kind of the advantage I have and what allowed me to even start co in the first place is that because I started getting treatment from such a young age I just learned way more about my body and how like holistic medicine works in general I learned it really young and I I had just been with like kind of rolling with that for so many years I saw so many therapists that were that were really good um, that I kind of had a jump in that sense Uh, but the one thing I can look back and think is that it, the problem with, with getting hurt in high school is that your brain isn't fully developed in a way yet that you understand that things are, are temporary. Right. So when your girlfriend breaks up with you in high school, your life actually feels like it's about to end. Like, and when you get an injury, it feels like, oh my gosh, like this is my whole life. It's over. When you do really bad on a test, that's why everyone thinking in high school is so dramatic, but it, it actually has to do with like brain development. Like you haven't developed that last bit of your brain that allows you to be like, oh, you know what, this is not a big deal. Like, I still have time to get better. I still have time to make this up. So I would say that was the biggest thing. It's just getting over that. Your life's not over. You can go through rehab. You can get through this, and you can get back to playing sports again one day. Mm-hmm. It's such an interesting, um, you know, th- that they can't, you know, it, we can't help it. You know, our brains just aren't there yet, and they have it. Mm-hmm. You know, they're so moment and self-centered focused that it's very hard to see like have a different perspective and um, not to say some people aren't able to do that but it is very difficult to not think to think like I'll never you know I'll never get beyond this like and that why why me kind of um, attitude lasts a little bit longer just because it does you do have that feeling and you lack the brain development, which has nothing to do with you as a human. It has everything to do with our um, our, our build, our, our physiological build and how our body develops. So um, that's a really good and interesting point that you bring up. Yeah, no, man, it, 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 it's huge. Like, I, I think uh, if I had to take away one thing that I learned from all the books that I read uh, last year, the, the biggest takeaway I would say is that you have to have a long-term mindset. When you think about 
what your decisions today will produce in 10 years, you make smart choices. When you just think about now, you don't eat the right stuff. You don't do the right stuff. You don't say the right stuff. You like the long-term mindset is what produces real value and, and really gets us to where we want to be. Do you feel like that's what you got from your parents and the support that they had and this, you mentioned holistic approach and I just want you to kind of talk a little bit more about that. Yeah. Um, well, part of it was, was definitely my parents and it helped because, so my mom was a nurse uh, for, for many years when I was a child and then she uh, started working for a, a pharmaceutical company. So she really understands like the back, the, the, what goes behind on behind the scenes in healthcare. Mm-hmm. So from just medicating people and a lot of times the way a lot of people approach healthcare is just throw drugs at it, have surgeries and like right. that's healthcare to people. But like the holistic approach is like, well, why don't you try, you know, drinking water and getting yourself hydrated first before you take Advil for that headache? Why don't you try and get a massage on your tight chest and your tight traps because you're sitting on your computer all day and do that first before you just take Advil. Um, And it's switching that mindset to being like, how can I naturally do this? Now, I'm not knocking surgery. Sometimes you actually do need to get surgery. Like there's, there's no doubt about that. But there are a lot of people who get surgeries that are completely unnecessary. And at the end of the day, surgery is damaging to your body. Like it's not, you want to avoid surgeries and, and medication yeah. um, as much as as much as you can like, right. and, and you can do things naturally by eating better and 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 seeing people who can help you in a natural way um, you definitely want to take that that road and that's something that I definitely learned early on in life is that you don't have to rely on the healthcare system and the medic the, the medications and the, yep. the, the prescriptions and the surgeries as much as uh, people have been kind of led to believe and that was the thing I really learned growing up in Canada, switching from the Canadian healthcare system to the American healthcare system. Like mm-hmm. I thought it was bad in Canada, and I came here, and I was like, "Wow!" Like the answer for everything is pretty much drugs, you know? Yeah, yeah. And uh, it's definitely it's definitely not a good thing. Right, and I've I've learned that too, going through multiple surgeries, and my my last and most invasive knee surgery I had was a bone patella bone. So instead of using a cadaver allograft, I used my own ligament um, or my own patella tendon and it was the most invasive and my rehab and my recovery was so much better because I was taking juice plus, which is fruits and vegetables and capsules. So my body was flooded with this nutrients and it's whole food and it's real food. It's just, they take the sugar and the water out and your body knows what to do with it you know Mm -hmm. instead of these drugs that are actually masking pain this is going in and healing pain and helping your body recover so i am i'm all with you on that and um, that's one of the biggest things i tell people um you know the first thing i recommend because i know firsthand how different my sixth and seventh surgery were from the rest because um you know, I had that in my body all the time. 100%. And I'm happy you mentioned the, the painkillers. Uh, the amount of times I went to athletes who were like, yeah, like I'm taking, you know, something to kind of mask the pain. And I'm like, the only time you should really be masking the pain is if you you have the championship game coming up next week and you have an injury and you're just trying to get through the end of the season. I get that. Yeah. That's a good, that's a good scenario where you're like, okay, I'm just trying to get through one more week and we'll be done. Any other time, it's like, you're only creating a worse situation for yourself because by masking the pain, pain is there for a reason. Pain is right. telling you, hey, something's wrong and you need to go do something about it. So by masking that, you're now ruining your body's natural alert system. So that damage to that body part is just going to increase. And then when that medication wears off, either you have to deal with all this pain now or you got to go take more painkillers right. uh, in order to get through. So it's definitely not good. Yeah. And let, you know, I'm, unless it's a temporary situation, like after ACL surgery or, you know, there's surgeries that you need that, that are. Oh yeah. 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 But, but no, in, I get what you're saying in every, yeah. you know, in everyday activity, like that pain is there for a reason instead of masking it. Can you approach it in the way? Like maybe I need rest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> who yes. who would have thought rest could be a good thing. Yeah. Um, so that that's awesome. Just kind of how you learned so much about yourself at such an early age and probably allowed you to excel. Was it during that injury 
you said that track was a way to make you better at football. Was it because of that injury that you started um, pursuing track more fully? No, because I, I still was equally, I was still pursuing them both equally. Okay. Uh, the, the injury, what it did though was it just happened to be that, well, obviously when I broke my leg, I missed that football season. Right. Then when I had the next surgery to take the plates and screws out, it made me miss another football season. Okay. So it made me start leaning towards track just because I never missed a track season. I, I would rehab and I would be good for track. And then I had the, the other surgery, missed another football season, and then I was back for track again. Right. So just simply because of that fact, I um, I started leaning more in the track direction. And I and I also was realistic with myself too. Like I'm... I'm five eight, like when I was absolutely my 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 best shape when I made the Olympics, I was like 170 pounds, mm-hmm. which is still small for for football. Um, so I was too small to to really excel at football, um, right. especially coming from Canada, where it's a little bit difficult, more difficult. So I was I was all right, just leaning more the track way. Right, um, and you definitely pursued that with um, all you had, and you kind of mentioned a little bit of what I want to talk about next is you went to Iowa State, so you're, you said your brother went to came to the U.S. for yeah. yep a, a track scholarship, and you yeah. yourself went to Iowa State on a track scholarship, and then um, you just said I, I went to the Olympics, and so you were in the 2012 Olympics in London, correct? Mm-hmm. And I, I read this quote, and it's, um, I believe you said this, you, you said in 2012, the Warner brothers were the fastest two people in the country. Does that, what kind of feelings does that bring up just thinking about that again? Yeah, so I, I, the, the biggest thing that I remember about that whole thing and the advice I'd give to anybody is this, like when you think long-term, what you get in the end is something that nobody else is able to have. And, um, it's like that, that quote that's like, live, do the things day to day that others won't do so that later on you can do the things that others can't do. Okay. And what happened was like, I remember being in college, I missed so many parties and I spent time stretching every single night and people, you know, laugh at me because I was just so focused on eating properly and doing these, these little things that a lot of people uh, would just you know kind of push off to the side when it was convenient for them or wanted, when they wanted to do something more fun. And I remember two specific moments. One, when I crossed the line in the 100, and I looked over to my right, and I knew my brother had won it. Like, I was I, I, I was second. Like, I knew right away. Mm-hmm. And I just went over to him. I gave him a big hug because I knew we made the team. And that was such a great feeling to do something like that and do it with your brother. But yeah. the other moment was when we were in London and we were rooming together, and I'm literally lying on the bed there and I'm just looking at the ceiling and I'm just like, wow, like I'm in London at the Olympics. I'm a junior in college. I still have another year of college left. My brother is beside me. How cool is this? And I was getting to live something that others wouldn't be able to. I could always go to parties. I could always drink and I could always do those things. Those things aren't going anywhere for the rest of your life. They're always going to be there. But the opportunity to make the most of being an NCAA athlete, being a high school athlete and reaching your goals and going to the Olympics and doing all the things that you want to do that you set up for yourself, you're not always going to be able to do that. So take advantage of the moment and you're going to have opportunities that others are going to wish that they could have. Wow. I'm sitting here literally just got chills down my arms and legs because that is such good advice, but also like I can feel, I could have felt like what that would have been like to be in that room with you and your brother or to, to feel what that would have been like to experience that for myself Mm -hmm. and that is just you know I just honor like that is so cool that you got to do that and um it makes me proud I I barely know you but it makes me proud that like that's (laughs) something that you know you got to you got to say this the things that I sacrificed were actually really not a sacrifice and I think that's Mm -hmm. also something you learn when you have a long-term view is um the word sacrifice doesn't have a negative connotation like it it does when you have such a short-term view right yes yes um you're really you're giving up something now for something much better later right period right that's really neat and i think i also just have all these feels because the olympics ended last night and Mm -hmm. that compilation video at the end of the olympics just had me bawling at like the highs and the lows and you know really like it's probably something you got to experience too when you were there is like 
you let all these people into a little glimpse of what your life has been like for really the for you what 20 years of your life and in these 10 seconds this one minute of when you're you you participated in the four by one right yeah yeah and I I got a story with that too okay yeah Yeah. so just it it is so cool and it's so amazing how sport can um, unite people and transcend this um, you can feel the emotions of like all that they put into it Um, I think especially for me too because I never got to get to where I thought I could have gotten to, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so I, whenever somebody gets there, I'm like, dude, I know, I know what that must've been like. And I just feel so proud. So I just want to, um, acknowledge you for that accomplishment. No, I, I appreciate that. And, uh, so one thing that's kind of crazy about my Olympic journey too, is like, so I came second in the hundred, mm-hmm. four people make a relay team. So you would assume when you're second that you would run on the relay. So basically just politics, I ended up not running. So they put some, they thought someone else would run the leg better than me. So I ended up being a sub. So I never actually touched the track when I was there. And here's what's crazy about it. I went from one of the highest of highs to the lowest of lows, like so quickly. It was like, everyone was so excited for me. Everything was great. And it was like, everything was just great on social media. I'm getting all these followers and life's great. And then it was just like, it just came crashing down. And, um, but I'll tell you what it, what it, what it did. And you kind of just touched on this. And I think this is really important for a lot of athletes as well. The one thing that's really tough about being an athlete is that you always think you can do more and you can get more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And eventually you have to stop and you have to just look back and be like, wow, look how far I've come. I'm just thankful for what I have. And that's what that moment did for me. I was always like, got to have more, got to run faster, got to be better, got to do this next level, next level, next level, next level. And you're like that all the time. And, that, and there's nothing wrong with that to an extent. Right. But eventually at some point you got to look back and just be like, you know what? I've done a lot. I got my school paid for. I got to travel all over the country as a as a college athlete. I I got to do this. I got to travel around the world for on 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 the journey to the Olympics. Like we stayed in Mexico, Germany, Monaco, on the way to London. I did all these things, and mm-hmm. that's fantastic. And just be thankful for that because you'll always want more, and you'll let your whole career pass you by, and you'll never stop and just smell the roses and say, you know what, this is really cool. What do you think allowed you to have that perspective? After just being frustrated with not running and being mad and disappointed in myself, um, what actually hit me was the next year. So I came back the next year and I, well, first of all, by the time the Olympics was done, mm-hmm. I, I flew straight from London to Des Moines, Iowa, went straight to class. Oh, like wow. there was, I, I didn't get any summer that year. I ran the entire year. Yeah. So I'll, I was burnt out, but I came in like, no, I'm going to train hard. I'm going to have the, just the most amazing senior year. I'm going to prove everybody wrong. That was my mindset. I ended up coming up indoor season at a really rough indoor season. I was so burnt out. It was just really hard. So my last race, Big 12s, was at um, Iowa State. It was my last time running at home. I ended up ending off with the best race I had run in my career. I, even though I was having a horrible season, I turned it around for that race. My roommate watched the race, and after he got in, the, he got he told me this. Like he got in his car and he started crying, and I was like, "Whoa! Like why? Like yeah. what happened?" Like and he said, "He's like that's the first time I ever saw you cross the line, and you were just absolutely happy and just thrilled. Mm-hmm. Like you were so happy." And I thought back, and I was like, "Wow!" And I was like, "You know what?" I can only think of like three or four races where I finished and I was happy. Like I always was just on to the next, on to the next, 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 next. Got to do better. Got to be better. Yeah. It didn't matter what I did. And that was when it kind of hit me. And I was like, you know what? I need to just chill out. I need to enjoy the moment every once in a while and just be thankful for what I'm doing, what I have and opportunities that are in front of me. Mm. What a powerful, I mean, I can relate to that in so many ways too. Um, when I, I was a part of a U20 um, women's national team, and we played in Russia for our World Cup in 2006. And yeah. I I um, took a semester or a quarter off of school, so I went from January until August. I played about 76 games, and we, including us going to the World Cup, us losing not only in the semifinals and penalty kicks, but also in the third, fourth place in game and penalty kicks. And um, you know, this, this is a team who, you know, there's still players from that team who are on the U S women's national team who Mm -hmm. won the world cup in 2015. 
um, you know, just very, very good players. And our team was was so phenomenal. And um, that heartbreak and probably what you mentioned there, you know, the heartbreak, which is related to can be related to injuries as well. Right. When you experience that heartbreak, it's okay to take a step back and give yourself time to heal from it. And I didn't do that. And I did the same thing. I got back. My coach was like, why don't you take some time off? And I was like, no, I'm a captain. I got to train. I got to do this. And, but I couldn't recover. I was, I was, I would cry after like nearly every game. I was in this emotional, this really like literally between a rock and a hard place. And I couldn't find my way out. And it was just so deep that, um, you know, it's amazing to me that you were able to find, you know, have a bad season, but find at the end of it, turn it around and find joy in it. And um, that's really cool that you got to end like you got to end on a, on a note that you could be proud of and look back and be like, you know what, that that was um, a really a turnaround season for me, even mm-hmm. even if even if that meant turnaround season for me and how I built character within. Yes. Yes. And, and, and that's what it really was like, cause after that indoor season, I started outdoor season and I was completely toast by that point. Like mm-hmm. that, that, that race I had at Iowa state was like my last one. I could, I could really uh, dive into. And uh, I, I'll tell you what, a lot of times athletes don't consider the mental um, baggage, the mental um, toil that you take sometimes like um, physically your body might be ready, but mentally you're just tired and you need to rest and rest is is so underrated like um mm-hmm. i think there's there's two types of athletes people either fit into one or two categories there's the go-hards that just want to go 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 and there's people who are talented and just don't want to work hard <laughs> and you got to kind of know where you are and like yeah. the go-hards you, you just overtrain like you just do too much all the time and you need to know hey you know what sometimes you need to watch some netflix and just relax for a little bit and uh so that, and that, that's all right and that's what yeah. that's how i kind of was man like I, and even to this day if i just if i watch like if I just enjoy a show or watch a movie, like I feel guilty. Like I'm like, oh man, I should be grinding on something. I should be doing. And it's like, no, you know what, man? You gotta chill out, man. You just gotta be able to relax, spend time with some family, and just let the let the brain cool out for a second. And we're cut from the same cloth, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I, I, you know, that's such a great story, and I think it kind of jumps us into the next part of your journey. Is that um, in college? you were a business major and really had this like you've you've had this idea of like being an entrepreneur starting something for your own for a long time and um but there were failures and i think one of the things that sports teaches you that is um adaptable and very applicable to anything else you do in life is that um failure doesn't have to be bad right and you don't have to attach your worth to failure and Mm -hmm. i just i i'm curious before we dive into really what you're doing now and how it can help so many athletes that we talk to here on show your scars but what you learned from those business failures that you had that allowed you to succeed now with collabs yeah so one of the one of the biggest ones i when i was 19 we started this company, we made a mobile app that, this is when apps first started like really jumping off. Uh-huh. Uh, we started a mobile app that was going to replace like uh, punch cards. So instead of going to a restaurant eating and getting them to like, you know, punch your card or give you a stamp, oh, yeah. uh-huh. it, would just be, it would just be digital. So we ended up raising $150,000 from a professor at Iowa State and the former CFO of General Mills happened to go to Iowa State. So I went, presented to him, knocked it out the park. He, he gave us the other 75k wow. so we have 150k now i'm in call like listen i'm 19 like yeah. we have 150 grand and we just blew the whole thing like we we never made one dollar we got an office we were living large. like i felt like a king yeah <laughs> <laughs> and obviously like in the grand scheme of things now like 150 grand is not that much money when you're dealing with a business but it is enough money to kickstart and do something special um so that that was a huge like when we finally failed with that like that was a huge uh punch in the stomach but like you said about being an athlete is like you have to learn how to take those l's in life and learn from them but then just keep going forward and just and never lose that enthusiasm uh, towards what you want to do and that's how i was like i i learned so much from that and the way i see it is 
I learned on somebody else's money. I learned without using the idea that I really did care about. Because at that time, I did have the idea for Co. But I waited. And the reason I was waiting with Co. Well, there, there was two reasons. One actually was because I was kind of procrastinating. And I thought someone else would just do it, to be honest. <laughs> the other thing was I knew that the world wasn't in a place yet from a privacy standpoint. And that's what Facebook completely changed for us. Mm. Facebook has completely changed for the world what people consider to be private and what people consider not to be private. And that's yeah. why if you talk to like our parents about what, what, we're, what we're doing with Co, a lot of times they're like, what? Like, why would people ask a mobile app? Like, it doesn't really make sense to them. Like, but they don't really understand that like people use social media for practically everything now. Right. And um, yeah, it just, it, 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 it really was a time where like I got to experiment with a lot of different things when I was in college and it was okay to just fail and be like, hey, you know what? It's all right if, if it doesn't work out because I'm just going to learn from these things and it's just going to make me better in the end. Mm-hmm. So that, um, you know, the lessons that you learned from that, you had this idea for Co in the back of your mind and and now kind of explain what it is to everybody and maybe the process of what it's taken to get to where you are now. Oh, man, okay. So, <laughs> uh, How long do we so, have, right? That's how yeah, it usually true. is when yeah. we start things new. <laughs> the, the idea really stemmed from when I got to college, I was hurt a lot when I was there. How I ended up making the Olympic team, I had a healthy season, and my head coach looked at me and he said, Ian, if you can stay healthy one more season, you're going to have a breakout year. And that year happened to be the Olympic year. I never got hurt at all. I never missed one practice in two years. And that was why I had such a huge like, breakout year. Like I went from just being average to being an All-American making the Olympic team off of just two healthy seasons. So I knew that was a huge difference maker. And when I looked around, I realized that no one really knew what they were doing when it came to being healthy. Like they, it was like the, the culture was still – Oh, if something hurts, just ice it. And like, like ice is just this magical thing that makes injuries disappear. And it's, it's really not like you, there's things that you can do prehab wise. There's better ways to treat things, but that knowledge just wasn't out there and there's nowhere to really go to get it all in one place. There's nowhere to understand, like, should I go see someone who knows Graston? Um, should I see someone who knows active release uh, technique or what do you, what is active release technique and all these different things, right. there's so many things involved in the sports medicine world. So um, I had that when I was in college, and as I went through, I just kept learning and learning about how U.S. healthcare works because that whole – how everything works was new to me. Mm-hmm. So once I got done with school, um, I still had the idea in the back of my mind, but I, I, I just kind of was talking about it like a lot of people do with their ideas. But what happened was the kid I grew up with who um, – you know, we ran track together. We did everything together. One of my best friends was in my wedding. He ended up committing suicide. Mm. And after that happened, like, you know, he's my age. He was 25 years old at the time. Like, that just kind of reminded me that, you know, life is short. You don't have, you don't know, you don't know when your time is going to be up. You have to make the most of every day and really go after what you want to do. And the next month I started putting together the plans to, to, to really go forward with it. And I still didn't really know how it was actually going to work, but how I got the insight was I created an Instagram account and I just started posting things and trying to build like a community to help athletes stay healthy. And what happened was people started direct messaging me questions. And I was like, that's weird. I was like, I'm not a, I'm not a doctor or anything. Like this is just like some general stuff that I did. And they were like, yeah, I know, but your stuff's really good. So like, what would you do if you were me? And I was like, Oh, this is what I would do if I were you. And they'd come back a couple weeks later and be like, Oh man, it doesn't hurt anymore. And I was like, wow. And then when it really hit me was when I got a DM from a kid in India and he sent me, a picture of an MRI. <laughs> and I, oh, was like, I was like, what? I was like, okay, first of all, I'm not, I don't, I don't have any. <laughs> this looks like black and white, nothing to me. Yes, I don't have any ability <laughs> to read this. I'm like, clearly, since you've got this MRI, that means you've seen a doctor. So what, what did the doctor say? And, and if the doctor's already told you something, why are you still coming to me? And he's like, well, I wanted to get a second opinion. And I was like, okay, now, I, now we're on to something. Right. I realized that if you start the, the, process by letting people just ask the question that they have you can then take their location their information and point them in the right direction to get the help they need so uh just the battle of actually getting it going though i i found a developer uh me and him you know he was my co-founder we worked on it and he just wasn't getting it done like i waited 
weeks, months after the due date, the when he said he would get it done, it was it, nothing was done, and it just this went on for. I, I kept giving him, you know, new deadlines and giving him breaks and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then after a year and a half of waiting for him to do it, he took a job at another place, and oh, he's like, "Yeah, I'm, I'm moving on." So we went our separate ways, and at that point, I. I was down to like pretty much nothing, and this is September 2017. So that's not this that that's not that far, that far from yeah right now. Right. So what I did was I, I'm on Upwork, which is a place where you find freelance talent, mm-hmm. and I'm like desperate at this point. So I'm like, man, what am I gonna do? So I found this one guy. His, his stuff was beautiful. I liked his his products, the apps that he's done, and I said to him, I was like, look, man, this is what I'm doing, but I'm like, honestly, your rate, I can't afford it. Like. It, like programmers are expensive and I just told right. him honestly I like I like stuff and he's like hey you know what he's like honestly it's the end of the month I haven't gotten any other jobs if you just pay my rent I'll finish the app for you I paid his rent he finished the app oh <laughs> my gosh and he's in Denmark <laughs> and that's how we that's how I finished it I just took a chance I was like I don't have anything left to lose man I'm like here's your rent money and he did it he got it done he's been a part of the team ever since it's been great working we're working with him has been fabulous and I guess like the moral of the story with that is one, you can't give up. And two, you really do have to be willing to just be all in and take a chance sometimes. And, uh, um, you know, you can you can always be scared that, you know, someone is going to, uh, you know, betray you or not be loyal or not do what you want. And those things, sometimes they happen. And, and it's not because people are bad people. Things just happen in people's life and things don't work out. But what was beautiful about that time is that in that year and a half, it gave me a lot of time to just think about what I was doing. Mm. and be like what like what am I really doing what's the impact I'm really trying to make and I thought about the company that I want to build and the fact that this isn't about money like the 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 app is about helping people through the frustrations of just being hurt and what it feels like to be there and just knowing that you know what there's a community of people who want to help you get there there's therapists who, are, who can give you answers to help you there's other athletes that can just be like, hey, you know what? I've been there. I know what that was like. This is what I did. This is who I saw. This is how long it took me. You know, good luck. If you need me, I'm here for you. And right. I think that goes along. For sure. And how big has – so now the app has officially launched for – been launched for how long? And what has the community grown to? Yeah, so the app has uh, – the app launched in December. December 1, we, we put it out. It's just on iOS right now. And without really any real marketing, we just basically have been using social media right now to get the first early users in mm-hmm. and get that feedback from them. And the the community right now is at about 1,200 people. Nice. Um, there have been 400 questions that have come through, uh, about Various. 1,100 responses to those to those uh, questions. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's 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 growing and the the big thing that we're actually extending onto it that's going to help it grow a lot faster is we're going to start putting in like the ability for athletes and therapists to actually get followers um so people can follow you know athletes that post really good things to keep them in good spirits and help them stay healthy and and that type of stuff and then therapists that do the same uh post things just to keep um athletes whether you're in prehab mode and you're not and you're trying not to get hurt or whether you actually are hurt and you're trying to figure out what to do right and when you say therapist physical therapist um Massage therapists, psychological, people that help with the mental side of things as well. So all various different types of therapists. Acupuncture, chiropractors. um, It's mostly any anyone who's really involved in the therapist community and helping. um, And sorry, in the sports medicine community and helping athletes, like athletic trainers. um, We we want them on supporting supporting these athletes. Nice. This is awesome. and such a good resource for people to um, have that community. You know, the the cool thing about Show Your Scars is I think I've, you know, for me, I've had a lot of athletes that have torn their ACL, but there's a lot of other athletes that I've talked to and I plan to talk to who, you know, maybe had Tommy John surgery or um, broke their leg or had a labral tear in their hip. You know, all these various injuries that take a lot of time to recover. And um, that community is what, people long for you know when you're going through something tough no matter what it may be um it's you you search for a community that knows what you're going through and i you know that's what the acl club is based off of and you know that's what you're creating here with um all sorts of different types of um injuries and athletes and 
people that help them get back to full health. So that's really a great, it's a great resource. Yeah. And you know, one, one, uh, crazy story, probably the one, I'm, uh, one of the stories I'm most proud of is we had this one young gentleman ask a question. He's playing basketball, like hit his head into a pole. And in his question, he was like, yeah, like I have a headache and my, uh, speech has been slurred. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it just wasn't good. Like it was a clear cut concussion. Right. And probably seven or eight different athletes. It wasn't even a therapist. Different athletes were like, "You should go to the hospital, ASAP." Like, you you definitely sounds like a concussion. Just go to the hospital. Mm-hmm. So I end up following up with him. I I, I found him on Instagram, mm-hmm. and I just reached out and was like, "Hey, I know you're probably not on your phone because usually they tell you not to be on your phone. You have a concussion." But I just wanted to reach out, just make sure everything's cool, blah, blah, blah. Um, and his friend was using his phone for him uh, just to, uh, just because he couldn't use it. So he had it. So he responded to me and was like, hey, we're like, his parents just wanted to say, like, we're really thankful because uh, they, like, basically told them what happened, but they didn't really do anything. They were just like, oh, you know, like oh, a lot of parents do, which is like, oh, you're all right, you know, suck it up, you're fine. And they just coaches, kind of did that. yeah. Yeah, coaches do that a lot too. But like when you went to the hospital, they were like, Yeah, you definitely have a concussion. So they're really thankful for that. And that's another thing is where it, it's giving athletes an opportunity to kind of own their own situation and realize hey, you know, I've been dealing with this for a while, but no one's really listening to me about it. Um, and it's just nice to know that they can go somewhere where no one's gonna judge, no one cares, no one's gonna take away your playing time or um like no one in the community has an actual uh, role in changing something in your life based off of this injury or calling you a baby or any of that stuff. Right. All we care about is that you're healthy and you're in your back um, doing what you want to do or you have a direction to figure out how to do that. And sometimes that direction is, hey, you need to go to the hospital or you need to go see a physical therapist right away. Yeah. And um, it's cool to see um, people get help like that. It's really, it's amazing. And it makes me think, um, you know, as you talk about this, and you talk about building it and where it is now. And I'm always curious about what people's why is like, what's your why behind this, um, behind collabs? Yeah. So my, my why is, is, is pretty simple. Actually, I think healthcare should be simple and it can be simple, but I think people have made it complicated because it benefits different parties financially. And it shouldn't be that way. Healthcare is, it really can be simple. I was uh, I was reading this, um, I was listening to this podcast of this Navy SEAL who was talking about how, uh, you know, he trained really hard and he was doing all these things, but he didn't know anything about his body. And after a while of breaking down and not really knowing why, he got all these tests done, MRIs, this CAT scan, all these things, and no one knew what was wrong with him. And someone recommended that he start stretching every day. And he started stretching and all his injuries went away. Wow. And, and I, I shouldn't say injuries, all his medical problems went away. And um, that's a problem. Like, it, it, it's like, there's there's so many basic things that people can try first before they go to get those scans and, and do these things. And um, and again, I'm not, I'm not saying that there's never a reason to get them. Like sometimes right. people do need them and yes. they are a part of healthcare, yeah. but there are other things that you can do before you get to that step. Um, naturally to, to kind of take care of yourself. And um, that's my why. Healthcare should be easy. We, we, need to, we need to be working to make it simple for people right across the board. People are more stressed than ever. They're on their computers more than ever. And there's simple fixes to help people feel better. And I want to be a part of that solution. Right. So if people want to check out Collabs, how do they do it? What does it cost? Maybe give a little bit of info, info about how they can get connected with you and Collabs. No problem. Yeah. So, uh, the app, you can download it, iOS, uh, on the App Store, it's free. There's no charge. You can ask your questions free. You can DM therapists free. It is a free community community to be a part of. Uh, the Android version will be done two to three weeks. Uh, we still, we're, we're testing things out right now, still trying to work out some bugs on the Android side, but that will be done soon. Uh, if you want to, you know, get in touch social media wise, uh, our, um, our at is, our username is at K-H-O underscore L-A-B-S, that's at Collabs. Um, and that's on Instagram, Snapchat, Twitter. And then also we're up, we're on Facebook, so you can uh, find us in any of those places. And if you want to get in touch with me directly, I actually just took down all my social, my personal social media. 
uh, reasoning for that is I, I just, social media just burns up a lot of time. So mm-hmm. I'm really trying to, to get focused and I, I hate when I spend 10 minutes scrolling on Instagram. So it's annoying and I know how addictive the app is. So uh, I just kind of remove myself from it. But if you want, if you want to get in touch with me personally, all you got to do is DM any of the collab, the collabs accounts, uh, especially Instagram. That's the one that gets checked the most, and um, I, I will definitely uh, uh, get back to you, no problem. I love that. I love um, the balance too that you talk about because in everything in life, you have to figure out what works for you and what doesn't. And um, in order for you to accomplish your goals, you know, you you recognize that ten minutes. That's that's meaningful to you and that's something that you want to be used to use intentionally and um that's great that you uh, j- just how cool that you deleted or you stopped using your <laughs> social media to um, well I- i'll say what i'll add this on jordan like the thing is when you have a when you when so i just had a, i had a daughter last year so she's one now okay and i can't ever say anything to her about when she gets older and she wants to be on her phone all the time i can't say anything to her when i'm on my phone all the time mm. and i can already see like she's only one and she already like she knows how to reach in my pocket and grab my like she always wants to be on it right and like i don't even let her be on it like every i've never let her just hold my phone like i always grab it back right and um but i see that 10 minutes now and i'm like okay that's 10 minutes i could be scrolling on instagram doing what how's that benefiting my life well that could be 10 minutes where i'm giving her my full undivided attention mm-hmm. um and that's and you're, and you're right you have to find those things in life where you're really asking yourself like is this actually benefiting my life right um i think social media is important and you know our our, our collabs account we have we have co we run collabs we run athlete injury help and we run uh, the conscious athlete and all three of them have twenty thousand followers so it's like i understand social media is important but mm-hmm. being on it all the time is not benefiting our lives and that's one thing i'm big on with with what we're doing with co i'm not trying to build this app that's addicting and gonna take everybody's life away um i i want you to come on the app and use it to get better and then get off yeah go live your life right do what you need to do it's not meant to be this this uh life takeover like instagram and facebook and stuff right that brings me to a question that um i actually wanted to ask you earlier but it comes back up now is that this idea of you know as an injured athlete now we do have the access to social media and you could be in that place in your injury where you're sitting on your couch a little bit longer than you want to and you could be scrolling through your instagram or your twitter or your facebook and use that time that way but there's also a really good way to use that time and and to help yourself do you found did you find that like through your injuries you found i mean to me, it's pretty obvious what you found as an outlet for yourself. But when you find a creative outlet in the injury process, it not only helps it get better, but it allows you to have an outlet when something goes bad or, or when something's hard in life that you can go to that yeah. and um, find release. And t- did you find something like that? Yeah, um, I can definitely say social media is not it because <laughs> what social media does when you're hurt is you see everybody else who's having a great life. And uh, they're on the beach or they're making all-star teams or winning championships and you're just a bum on the couch. You can't stay healthy for a season. Um, the the biggest thing that, it, that I think injuries can help an athlete with is realizing that, you know what, this thing's not going to last forever. And I do got to find something else to find my worth in. Um, it's I, I'm not just an athlete. Like you are – being an athlete is a part of you and it's a part of your life. But it's not – who you are it's right. not everything that 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 makes you you and um being injured is a great time to explore other things and learn new things and uh read books and make the most of that time like you're gonna be hurt anyways um you you can't rush uh, a acl rehab you can't make a bone heal faster than you know the the six to eight weeks the doctor said um you know you get most you can get a week early type of thing but um you got to spend that time anyway, so you may as well use that time to get better mentally and, and physically. Yeah, was writing a big way that you found release in your injuries? For sure. Like, writing was writing was huge for me because I, I always loved writing to help athletes. Like, that's just what I – that was yeah. just my, my thing. Like, I just like, you know what? I'm hurt. I'm going through this right now. I'm not just going to be a bum about it and cry about it. Let me use the pain I'm going through now to help another athlete who is going through – um, similar things and mm-hmm. that's what was kind of cool because I, I had a site when I was in college called cover ground and it was all about athletes helping athletes and that was another kind of indicator that 
Cole would be a great idea because that was one of the biggest questions people always ask me like oh I got hurt like what should I do how do you stay positive like mm-hmm. all those type of things mm-hmm. and just again showed me that we need this community and we need things like the ACL club and and stuff that just a place where people can go to talk to someone right exactly I love that and I love um I think it's a good place to end because there's so much in that that you're not just an athlete you're so much beyond that and finding something um, like journaling, like writing, you know, they're one in the same. Um, I feel like journaling gets a bad rap, especially a lot of times with guys as they don't, they feel like journaling is such a girly thing, but journaling is a, a way to release emotions. It's a way to write and it's just writing. Right. Um, yep. and r- allow yourself to work through that pain and to help yourself in the future or to help other people in the future. So I'm just thankful Ian that, uh, we connected and I'm thankful for social media for bringing us together um, and that you got to share your story and what you're doing to help this community of athletes who are who are trying to get better from what they're going through. And um, maybe to end, I, I, we spoke about this earlier, but what does what is the meaning of collabs and why did you choose that? Yeah, so I, I the app was originally going to be called Fixed. Uh, and we changed it because there was another company with a similar name, similar spelling, and I didn't want to have to compete from day one just on name, just like that. Uh, but the way we found it, we, we started looking for you know different languages to find kind of a, a different meaning that had a, a underlying meaning that not a lot of people knew. So I'm gonna let your your your, your crew in on a secret here. <laughs> um, but it, it means healing in. Uh, Chinese dialect called Hmong. It's spelled H-M-O-N-G, so I could be saying that wrong. It could just be Hmong. But uh, um, yeah, so it means healing. But I wanted a name that was something bigger than just like fixed, where it's just all about injury. And because I was like, what if it can become something bigger? Like, what if there could be a lot more to it than just um, injury prevention, helping athletes? Like, you never know what things turn into. Um, So I just wanted to uh, be able to uh, give it a name that could grow into something bigger. It's awesome, and um, you know we we hope that it does grow into something bigger because that's that means that you're continuing to help a lot of athletes and a lot of people get back to um, who they really are and who that they're meant to be is fully healed and fully back from whatever might come their way. So I thank you, Ian. So many good things that you said there, and I really think this is going to be a podcast that people are going to love to listen to. Hey, uh, Jordan, I appreciate you having me on. Like after. After so long of, of uh, you know, back and forth trying to get each other, uh, it's wonderful to uh, finally be on this. And I hope uh, your community keeps growing. hope uh, our community keeps growing. I hope the community of just helping athletes and helping other people, that's just always a good thing and the world needs more of it. So uh, thank you for doing what you do. I hope you guys like that talk with Ian. He was nice enough to share a list of books that he read and if you want to see those books you can go to I'll link his blog in here too it's something that you can check out if you're interested in reading there there's so many things that he said in there how you have to let go of mental baggage and you have to rest and you can't let losses affect your enthusiasm in moving forward that there's going to be obstacles, but how can you use those to help you go forward in life? Uh, patience and persistence. That's something that really stuck out for me. So if you guys want to check out Collabs, I've linked it. And just thanks again, Ian, for your time. And thank you guys for your ears. I know that you're all going through different journeys and different paths, but I hope that you realize When you're going through injury recovery, that show your scars is a place you can come to to feel totally supported and known that people understand what you're going through. So we support you and I encourage you to go out there this week and show your scars with the most pride you can ever have.